This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3245 for Friday the 8th of January 2021. Today's show is entitled, Electricity. It is hosted by Operator, and is about 31 minutes long, and carries an explicit flag. The summary is, I talk about tips on electricity. This episode of HPR is brought to you by Archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to Archive.org forward slash donate. Welcome to another episode of Hacker Public Radio with your host, Operator. This one's going to be kind of an ad hoc thing. Uh, I was listening to some of the stuff that Klaatu was talking about and about drives, and it made me think about what what I can do an episode on for while I'm sitting in traffic here. Uh, managed to go the wrong way uh, off of an... I got off on the wrong exit, so I'm sitting in copious amounts of traffic today. So I thought maybe I could use that time to uh, do a quick episode here in the car, so apologize for the, the audio. But um, what I wanted to talk about today was um, kind of my my diving into electricity um, and how it works to my understanding and how uh, sockets work and how, like, three-way switches work. Um and how I was able to kind of troubleshoot all of that without actually knowing anything about how electricity works or is supposed to work, for the lack of a better term. So um, the scenario usually is you want to you want to swap out a switch, right? You have a you have a switch either it's cosmetically doesn't look right or it's futzy or really old and doesn't look right, and you want to swap a switch out. Um, what what I ended up doing is kind of giving up on the whole understanding about, you know, white and black and ground and neutral and really understanding what what that is and really going just for using like an, an ohms meter. So get a get a cheap cheaper ohms meter. Um you don't have to get like the five hundred dollar ones, you can just get a regular one. Um I wouldn't use one of those little probes that tells you if there's any electricity on the line or not, like it's a little LED probe. Um, I don't I don't know what they call them, but you basically wave the wand around and it says, oh, this this outlet has power. Um, those are good from the standpoint of, you know, not getting shocked, um, potentially shocked from something. And I don't know what their limits are, but um, if you can get a nice uh, ohms meter, some of them will actually have that on there. So it'll have like a little button on there and you can use it to probe for um, probe for current, electric current, and it uses, I guess, I don't know, some kind of higher math to detect whether or not electricity is there. Um, so I'm not here to tell you anything about electricity. I'm telling, I'm here to tell you how I kind of troubleshooted my own electricity type of things and some of the things you should and shouldn't do if you're trying to do this, figure this out on your own without really knowing and understanding or reading anything. So, um, the, the first instance is swapping out a simple switch, right? Um, and obviously, uh, what you can do is buy a nice uh, label printer, um, a a, um, a nice label printer for your 
a circuit box or for your breaker box. And this takes a long time. Uh, my wife helped me with this and it took about, I want to say two hours or more to really label everything properly. And even then you kind of have some guesses about where stuff is and what stuff turns on. And you sometimes just have to hit the main to, to, to save yourself some time and figuring out what's what. So you got a switch you want to swap out or you want to put in a dimmer or some fancy uh, sensor base or occupancy sensor. Um, so what you have to realize is on older um, older sockets or older switches or older dimmers, um, you have to keep in mind that LEDs and incandescent and then older switches and newer switches might not be compatible. So for example, I had a occupancy sensor and a that had a dimmer on it which a lot of them already have kind of dimmers built into them. Um, but it, I had LED bulbs in there, and the occupancy sensor was all kind of glitched out because of the way the, the, the mirroring, I think it was the actual bulbs that were in there, um, operated differently. And I think they fixed that here more recently with the LED bulbs. They act more like... They act more friendly with these occupancy sensors and these dimmers and stuff. But the the bulbs that I had in the, the fan when I replaced the fan bulbs to put in a new like occupancy sensor, um, it would it would it would kind of glitch out. So the occupancy sensor would think that it was off or the light was off because of the way the frequencies and the LED works and the timing. So for example, it would turn off and then somehow turn itself back on because of the way the bulb was or something, some weird marrying between the electricity. So I don't know what the research is around it or how to figure it out, but just be mindful that things might get weird when you work with LEDs and dimmers and occupancy sensors and, and, and sensors and LED bulbs because they're not incandescent bulbs and they're not always on or always off. They're, you know, the LED is constantly flickering on and off and things get all glitchy when you bring in that into it. So um, after swapping out the bulbs um, to, I guess, different LED bulbs, um, I didn't have any problems. And I don't remember what I Googled to, to, to get um, the right kind of bulbs in there that would work with the occupancy sensor. Um, so that was one one little thing. And then obviously with with the reader, um, if you use one of the, you know, there's electricity around me type of uh, probes, you don't know what the voltage is on that line. So if you're trying to do troubleshooting and you're you're like something's not turning on and you're waving the wand, it's like, oh, there's power there, but it's not turning on. What's the problem? I don't understand. And the reason you need a meter and the, a proper meter to read the voltage is sometimes there might be voltage leaking onto that line and giving you a false sense of of uh, of 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 of, uh, of voltage. So, for example, um, uh, I've, I've been told that there's there's instances where motors will kind of feed back um, energy or leak energy back into the line further down the line. So, for example, maybe you have like H old HVAC unit or something like that, some kind of motor that um, is glitched out or whatever, and it can feed it can feed power back into the line and give you the false sense that that line is hot from the the inside. And when I say the 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 in route instead of the x the 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 the, the lead or the uh, tail, what do they call it? The um, Anyways, there, there's a term for um, down the leg, 
on the on the on the receiving leg. So you kind of had the the receiving leg where the power you know com- is supposed to be coming in, and then you have the leg that goes out to further down the line to another switch or another outlet or whatever. Now that that can cough up energy back in and cause you problems. So I'll, no- I'll give you another troubleshooting example where um, we were in our attic and the attic lights didn't work, and I, I couldn't figure it out. I swapped the bulb. I figured it was just the bulb or the switch, you know, the socket. So I swapped the socket out because it's old and rusted. And I swapped the socket out, plugged in a brand new light, and it still didn't work. Still didn't work. Finally took the meter to it, and it was reading like, you know, 30 volts or something stupid. Like it should be, you know, the 120 or, or 220 or 240, right? So I knew something was wrong, and I shouldn't see, you know, 30 volts or 60 volts or anything like that on the line. It should be, you know, 120 or nothing. Um, so, and it's usually a little higher, like 124, sometimes even 126 I've seen as like normal for lack of a better term. Um, and what it ended up being is there was a smoke detector that was an old smoke detector on the wall in on that leg and it, it was like shorting out or doing whatever and kind of leaking uh losing power when it got down to the uh got down to the attic so you have to understand that this stuff is most of the time plugged in series and it it's probably old or misconfigured or you know done wrong or over time you know something gets fizzles out and something glitches out and so you need to look for that 120 and start troubleshooting. So what I had to do is I had an ohms meter and I was reading the voltage and I was trying to find where the leak was. And what you can do is you can get like a really long cable. And the easiest way to do this is go to the store and buy some really cheap speaker wire. You don't want to buy like, you know, one gauge and you also don't want to buy like a tiny, really thin gauge because you put it on that 120 and it's going to just like fizzle away and explode uh, and catch fire. So you obviously wanted to buy a big enough gauge for the, for the 120. And I think I want to say 12 and 14, 13, something like that is the normal gauge for like, um, lights and stuff. Um, and don't quote me on any of this. I'm not an electrician at all, but I want to say it's like 13 or 12 or 14 is, is like the safe gauge to use. Um, which is your normal, you know, thicker speaker wire. You can always be safe. So you get this long speaker wire and you get you a couple of alligator clips and you put alligator clips at both ends. And that will allow you to kind of trace the connectivity to, from one place to another. And it looks a little childish, but it, it ends up working for me to, to figure out, okay, well, there's a connection here and this is supposed to be, this ground is supposed to go to this thing over here. Um, to troubleshoot where the connectivity issues are, or if you're not getting power, you can use that, uh, like a long speaker wire cable to kind of do some troubleshooting as far as connectivity goes. Um, another thing you could do is purchase a, um, a tone generator and, um, you, you're probably familiar with how they work. You attach alligator clips to a thing and they usually come with nine volt batteries. You want to be sure to unplug all those batteries when they're done. Cause you'll end up frying your, uh, potentially frying your, um, uh, your, uh, your, your, um, tone generator. So always when you ever, if you ever get a nice one, get a, if you ever get one, get a nice one, a decent one. Um, and, and, and make sure you take the batteries out cause you don't want to, you don't want uh, batteries leaking out inside of there and making a big mess and screwing up your thing when you're going to use it. I usually keep the batteries in some nine volt, good nine volt batteries in with the unit and, uh, I'll have a flat, flathead screwdriver and put, take it apart, put it together. So anyways, you put this probe on one end that generates a tone 
and then you wave the wand around to try to find the other end of where the leg is. So if you're looking for the the upstream, you know, the the the, the receiving leg, you can futz around and kind of realize, oh, it's going up. So it's either going upstairs or going up to a you know to a a light socket, and kind of troubleshoot it that way. And and the main thing is obviously is realize that you know if you go start monkeying around and touching wires the safest thing you can possibly do is just check the probe and make sure before you touch any wires that you know that's that you're not going to ground yourself out and whatever um so with that with that with the uh the smoke detector issue um once i took the i shorted out the the line just to test and you can buy little screw caps, obviously. Everybody probably has a, a thousand of them. The, the Terminator things where you screw the little piece of plastic dilly head on the tank to terminate, um, to twist two wires together and you terminate them. Um, so you can, you, can, you can have, usually if you buy like a lamp or a fan or something, you get two or three of those and, a, and you, you collect them over time. Um, but I, I terminated with that, and then I was able to tell that now the attic was getting the proper 120 volts that it, that it needed. Um, and then I, I went from there and got some nice LED things and um, and swapped them out. You can actually get uh, all kinds of stuff for that. You can get like an occupancy uh, bulb, which has like a little sensor on it. Um, you can plug in line with a with a bulb. So it's like a there's several ways to do it. You can just get a bulb, or I think you can. Or the option is you can get like an occupancy sensor socket that kind of screws into the socket that's the occupancy sensor and then you screw up whatever bulb you want to into that and then you have your occupancy just using no switches or anything like that um that was another that's another instance of kind of troubleshooting electricity here recently um i still haven't quite figured out the three-way switch stuff usually i just look at the instructions that came with whatever replacement three-way switch and figuring out where the red red, red wire is supposed to go um, I can't speak much to that because usually it's kind of a trial and error thing depending on however they want you to have the leads to come into the to the three-way switch um, and 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 I have seen at least one instance where um, wires came in and they weren't wired the right way they were using like a ground to do um, another leg so whatever wire is supposed to be you know hot it's supposed to be don't go by that you want to use the meter again to make sure that the wire that's hot is supposed to be hot and the wire that's grounded is supposed to be ground what they'll do sometimes is they'll break the um <clears throat> instead of breaking the right line instead of uh, making the switch for so for example you're turning the off switch they'll hook the switch up to the actual ground instead of the live wire so the light turns off because it's missing the neutral it's not it's 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 missing the power so what will happen is that you turn off the light and you think that there's no power going to the light but in fact that the light actually has power going to it and they've just swapped the switch out to to actually just lose the the neutral wire so that, that that's one instance where you kind of have to be careful um working on lights and stuff okay you turn the light off you think you're good you need to make sure that there's not actually power still going to the light because of the way they jury rigged something or just screwed up the switch um i'll give you an example of of one way of not to play with with electricity is um i had a garage door opener i was trying to troubleshoot and for whatever reason i think 
um, oh, the, the contacts on the socket had oxidized, so, um, the oxidation, you know, kicks in around, you know, bad weather or weather conditions usually, or just, um, it's usually moisture in the air that will cause oxidation on the contacts, usually it's on the, the hot side in the middle that will give you, um, issues, so it, this socket for the garage door that had a light on it wasn't working because if you look, I looked down in there, I could see that there was some oxidation in it. So me, stupid me, I get up on a eight foot ladder and I have a knife to scrape off the oxidation on the, um, on the outlet. And I do this live like an idiot, um, instead of, cause I'm, I'm going back and forth. I'm troubleshooting. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. I have the meter out. I have the, 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 the wire live hot and I'm trying to make sure, you know, that, that it, that indeed is the problem is it's the oxidation. So I troubleshoot it. I realized that the oxidation is because of the socket and the, the light socket in the back is all oxidated. Um, if you don't have this, buy some, it's a lifesaver. It's called contact cleaner and you can buy all kinds of expensive kind. Um, I usually buy the, the gold, whatever, some or other fancy stuff that has like a lubricant in it. Um, and it's usually safe to put on most electronics. You want to be clear to not put it on, like, spray an LCD because it will kind of jack it up for a while and sometimes permanently damage your, your LCD screens. Um, so you want to be... It's like an aerosol, basically. So you want to be careful spraying that stuff on LCDs. Um, I've seen it damage... That's about it, really. Um, I've seen it just make stuff all greasy and gross. But what it'll do is it'll eat away at that oxidation and allow you to kind of scrape off whatever, uh, oxidation crap is on there. Works great for like, you know, you leave something plugged in, you leave the batteries in something too long, right? You spray it, let it sit for a while, maybe spray it again, depending on how bad it is, let it sit for a while. And then you want to take like a, if you have like a little, um, Dremel tool or a metal brush, um, you can brush it off and or hit it with a Dremel tool and kind of buff out, uh, buff out that stuff. Uh, you obviously want to use, um, when you're doing this, if you're using the Dremel tool, um, you want to use uh, goggles because you'll scrape um, when you scrape off the stuff oxidation off of like a remote or whatever usually happens with like a TV remote or a Wii remote or something that you haven't used in a long time. Um, you'll you'll have little flecks of the battery acid flicking off all over the place, and you don't want that going in your eyes because that's not fun. Um, I didn't get it in my eyes, but I had some flick off into my face once, and I said, you know what, this would probably be a good idea to be wearing some safety glasses when I'm, you know, um, you know, have chunks of uh, battery acid or going everywhere. Um, so you want to be cognizant of that. But anyways, I'm sitting on this, uh, this eight foot ladder with a knife, um, scraping the hot end of a uh, light socket. I mean, I'm being very careful not to, you know, short myself out with the, and it's also a metal knife, believe it or not. Um, it's a, it's a metal knife that I'm scraping the contacts with all metal, you know, the, the handle is metal and everything. Um, so I'm not thinking that part all the way through I'm sitting on an eight foot ladder and I, I was okay until, um, th- my elbow had touched the ground of the, um, um, cause the, 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 the ladder I was working was a fiberglass ladder. And as you know, and would assume, um, the fiberglass isn't, isn't conductive and also a lot of your little ladders will have little rubber feet on the plastic feet on the bottom to to keep you from being grounded and that's not that's not a security feature that's a that's a just a whatever so I wasn't actually grounded at the time when I was up there so the whole time I'm holding onto this metal 
knife and scraping away at the oxidation, I'm basically waiting to be grounded on a, on a 120, on a 120 uh, drop. So I'm sitting there scraping, scraping away, scraping away, and then my elbow hits the railing, uh, the guide railing for the, um, for the, uh, for the garage, and my elbow hits that, and I get grounded out and get a nice, nice clean, uh, nice clean shock, because I'm holding on to a, uh, I'm holding on to a metal, (laughs) a metal knife on an eight-foot ladder, and then my elbow hits a nice big piece of grounded metal, and, and shocks me pretty good on, on, it was actually a bolt on the, uh, uh, thing, so it was, like, kind of just sticking out there on the very tip, and I got a nice, nice jolt, um, and that was just basic troubleshooting stuff, and basic kind of safety deal, um, do your due diligence, you know, before you start messing with something, even if it's live, be like, do I really need to be working on this live, can I do this without working on it live, um, you know, unless you're standing in a bucket of water, it's not really going to make, make or break your day but at the end at the end of the day nobody wants to get shocked in it's not any fun so um um, just try to realize if you're working on live wires when you're working on them make sure do i need to be working on this live or am i just too lazy to go turn off the circuit breaker or turn off the switch or whatever um i see i'm trying to think of the 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 one i'm going to be talking about recently and 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 was kind of more frustrating was um we had to replace we're getting some walls taken down in our house we had to replace all of the um outlets a lot of the outlets in the rooms that they're working in because they needed to be the new kid safety ones and i'll tell you these new ones are like have little plastic they're basically kid safe or whatever so they have these little plastic uh, doors on them and i think the idea is that you have to plug it in both at the plug plug in both both slots the hot, the hot, and the, 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 you have to plug them both at the same time for the thing to let you pass the plastic gate. So, the idea being that if the kid or whoever has a piece of metal and they shove it into the hot end, it's not going to open without something also being shoved in the, the other end. So, what, ha- what ends up happening is that when you're trying to do probing and stuff, I wasn't able to successfully easily check whether or not there was power going to these new fancy, um, they weren't the GFI ones, they're just new fancy outlets, I don't know what they call them, but they're, they're frustrating, um, so anyways, we get these fancy outlets, we, we start to swap them out, and some of them are, have an extra, um, an an extra leg off them, and some of them were, like, were wonky, like, like, one, the top side, where, like, you have the, the socket, the first socket up top, and then the, the bottom socket down low, and some of them had, like, you know, the neutral, the, you know, like, the neutral at the top, and then, like, the, the, the hot at the bottom, or, like, it was weird, they would be all kind of swapped around, um, but after doing some troubleshooting, and trying to figure out where each wire goes, and where the power is coming from, and just, like, taking it straight, like, just taking the wire straight, and being like, okay, this, this is obvious, this wire, using the tracing, this wire obviously goes outside to the socket that looks all jacked up. I'm going to replace the socket outside and then figure out where it goes and where its power is coming from and just kind of taking it just step by step. Um, I kind of started to realize how the switches were, were put together and how everything is connected. And I don't know if it was because of when I was troubleshooting, um, sticking the probes in these new fancy outlets I was, I wasn't, sometimes I would get like 18 volts and it was all weird and wasn't consistent. And I'm like trying to figure out what's going on. And of course I touch the wires and I get the, 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 the 120 just fine. 
so it's there's something weird about these new fancy plastic um you know ones that you have to use when you're doing work now they make you switch out to these new outlets that are just frustrating um it's a bit like the gas cans that uh they make you use now that are like the safety gas cans where you end up spilling gasoline all over the place which is somehow safer than just having a gas can that will actually pour gas out of um so the new gas cans have this you know this fancy little safety switch thing and then you have to like uh, burp it and like like because if you don't burp it and get some of the air out before you close it in the summertime your gas can expands into a giant thing and you know looks like it's about to explode um but anyways it's, it's a bit like that it's a little frustrating the safety stuff trying to make its way into your house but anyways um i, I after kind of just removing the outlets on the problem areas i had um, I was able to trace the wires, figure out where the power is coming from, figure out where most of the legs were going to, you know, maybe they go to an outlet and then to a light outside, um, checking to make sure that, you know, the current's good, the connection's good, and then, um, I think on these newer outlets, maybe, maybe it was just the way I was using the probes, and I couldn't get the probe in right, and maybe it was fine the whole time, or maybe these new outlets have some kind of fancy, you know, one-way power thing, because there was a sticker on the bottom that said, hey, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, um, do more than one leg off of this, if you're gonna do the, the, the leg, the, the receiving electricity has to be on the top circuit, and the bottom is supposed to be for the outbound, or the, the leg end, the, the far, the outbound leg, so once I, once I said, okay, well, you, you, I don't know if it's just kosher to do it that way, or if that's the way it has to be done with these, with these outlets, um, I, I put the input, you know, the power in at the top, the top socket, and I put the power out at the bottom socket, and then there was another leg going to another outlet that was, like, on the other side of the wall, and once I did that, everything worked fine, and what I realized then is that, okay, I need to do better probing, and the idea that I came up with is you can buy it, like, really anywhere you can buy the replacement uh sockets for like your vacuum cleaner so like if you pull your vacuum cleaner core too hard and the sock you know the thing comes frayed um you can buy a replacement socket and that's what i'm planning to use next time when i'm trying to troubleshoot these stupid new outlets um and put some nice you know set it up to where i can shove the probes in there and it actually gives me power to test the the socket um it might be one step extra but i don't have to like I felt like when I was trying to probe the, the new sockets, these fancy new kid-safe sockets, you have to, like, jury-rig the probe around and, like, wave the probe around to try to get the power, and it was just, like, it didn't feel comfortable, you know, taking the probe and just yamming around inside of the socket to try to find where the hell the power is coming from or going to. Um, so I'll probably be doing that next time. Um, let's see, what else? Um trying to think of some other tips for like electricity and, and 120 type of stuff um and, and oftentimes you know i've we you try to troubleshoot something and you can't figure out what's going on um sometimes i'll just hit the main because i don't really feel like trying to figure out how how it's all wired together and of course that resets all your clocks and all that shit but at the end of the day if you're trying to make sure that there's no power to something really the best thing to do is just hit the main if if that's not going to be too big of a deal breaker for you um, which, which is what I did at one point in time, because there were multiple people working on multiple outlets, and multiple sides of the house, and I was like, is this hot, is this not hot, it's like, I don't know, and I was testing it anyways, like, you know what, I'm just gonna hit the main, 
and everybody can do whatever the hell they want and not have to worry about being shocked in, in theory. Um, sometimes you do that. Sometimes you have instances where, you know, you're getting power, but you don't know where it's coming from. And one way to kind of troubleshoot that is to start, um, uh, uh, systematically turning off each, uh, each circuit until you figure out which one is giving you the power. So for example, you're on a circuit that's not supposed to be powered, but yet you're getting voltage on the line to figure out where that voltage is coming from. You can do some troubleshooting by, um, uh, dropping out each, uh, each circuit, um, or a number of circuits at a time and be like, okay, well this bottom half of the, of the, of the, um, circuit breaker, it's not anywhere here because I still see voltage. All right, well, I'm going to flip the whole bottom half back on and flip the top half. Oh, looks like the voltage has gone away. Okay, I'm going to flip top of the half of the top half back on. Okay, well, it looks like I've got voltage now, so it's got to be one of these four, and you can narrow it down a lot quicker instead of having to, like, go one by one. Um, so that, that's one way to kind of troubleshoot. You know, once you figure out what circuit it's on, and if you've labeled it properly, you give you give you an idea of where to start. Um, what I found out is these outdoor, <clears throat> at least in our instance, it's a, like a 30-year-old house. The outdoor sockets seem to be kind of weird, uh, weird uh, in their in their in their setup. I think we had um, an outdoor socket going downstairs and upstairs, um, and then like in the bathroom or something. I don't really know how it was set up, but it was it it was. I think the outdoor socket seemed a little weird um, in that regard because I don't know if they have to be on their own circuit or something like that, but whenever, whenever I end up trying to figure out the outdoor outlets or outdoor sockets, it's always weird to figure out what they're connected to because, um, they have to be on like a GFI circuit or something like that. I think, I don't know how it works, but the idea is like, you know, your kitchen and your bathrooms are supposed to have those fancy, uh, GFI, uh, sockets that have like the test button. So if something happens, they'll short out. Um, so it's, it's, it's a little crazy, right? You got, you got, you got your hair dryer, your hair dryers, most, some of, some of your hair dryers have a little breaker on them. And then from there you got the GFI, right? So that's another breaker. And then you have the actual breaker at the breaker box. So, you know, when, when I'm using my hair dryer in the bathroom downstairs, there's three breakers in between me and the actual power that's going to that, uh, to that, uh, that circuit breaker or that circuit. Um, so if anything happens, but, but in that line across the three places, uh, I'm going to be just for perfectly fine. Um, so that, that's something to keep in mind too, is that these things pop, um, circuit breakers pop and, and kind of troubleshooting that is another, another fun thing to do. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Um, I can't think of any other kind of hints or tips electricity, and again, like, I'm sure there's people listening to this and, like, cringing and being like, this guy has no clue as to what he's doing, um, but I do know, you know, hot is hot, and, and ground is ground, and once you kind of figure out, you know, you separate all the wires and figure out where the power is coming from and where the legs are going, it doesn't really matter if you know what you're doing, you just know that, okay, this, this has to come in, and this has to give me power, and then this power has to be daisy-chained down the line to somewhere else, um, whether or not I know where that is, sometimes I don't, um, but it, it's just a matter of, like, you know, figuring out where the power is, where it's going, and where you're missing voltage, and where, you know, stuff is leaking around, and just basic troubleshooting of, of, 
uh, of electricity is, is how I'm able to kind of figure stuff out at the end of the day. Um, anyways, um, good times. Be safe. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.